0: Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com.
1: Whoa, listen to that pour of Bogatel wine. Dr. Turnbull in studio, please talk to him about your wine for two seconds
2: wine from just south of barcelona grenache blanca americans have no idea what a grenache blanca is and we have brad and jonathan here to give a tasting
3: notes this is delicious wine it's really nice light and crisp It's has some good minerality to it yeah i think it would pair really well with what we have on the menu right now would be a, a scallop dish what do you think mr black
4: Yeah, I think the acidity of the wine would go very nicely with the balance with the acidity from the apricots. And then there's a brown butter sauce on the dish that would kind of help cut that fattiness.
1: You know what? I've had this dish. I've actually had it twice. I agree with you guys 100%. Dr. Turnbull, any other notes?
4: No, you can find it on the website. If you guys are listening, just click and
2: buy it and take it from there. That's it.
1: Once again, Bogatel, Savorian Wine, sponsor of The Morning After. Stay tuned. My guests are wondering why I'm so well dressed today. It's basically I'm wearing the same thing I wore yesterday. It was I was at a wedding up in New England, uh, Jeremy Hartford and Dora Hartford. Uh, congratulations, Uh Drove back late last night. Got in about 6 a.m. Took a power nap. Got dressed. But, you know, I put on the same thing. I thought I was I was pretty spot on. I'm kind of like a late '80s. Uh, Ralph Lauren polo ad right now. I don't know if I'm going fox hunting or something. I don't know. Um, we had a lot of feedback from last week's show. Everything went really well. We're gonna play a couple of clips from uh, some messages I got from some family members. Also, it's a it's a packed studio. I feel like Motley Crue right now in terms of like the amount of entourage I have, and uh, you know, uh, I'm looking across to Jonathan. Can you pronounce your name? uh,
2: Crowley.
1: Jonathan Crowley, uh, who wrote the score for The Morning After. Uh, He's my in-studio guest. I have Brendan McDonald, who's a chef at Colony, which is on Atlantic Avenue. Uh, His sous chef, Jonathan Black, or we know him in the industry as Johnny Black. I have Dr. Brendan from Dr. Brendan Mac... Prepare. Yes, there we go. And one of his residents, uh, not fully a doctor yet, he still he just finished medical school. You know, he learned about a few iPhones and stuff, and he hasn't fully been, uh, you know, inaugurated into the title of doctor. Um, other than that, it was it was a fun week. I I visited Colony a few times this week. I had a lot of fun there. That's a really great restaurant, and I was talking to the chef uh, Brad a little bit today, um, and we discussed. I, how I felt about it, and it I had the same feeling, and I, uh, he agreed with me a little bit on, because I guess they're friends, I felt the same way about Vinegar Hill House, uh, the the feeling I got when I was there. It felt fresh. It felt great. Um, front of the house was on point. Back of the house was on point, And it's on Atlantic Avenue. And I don't know if you've been to Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn recently, but they have this whole fashion row. And it's weird, because there's a Barney's there, uh, Trader Joe's, and then there's also a, uh, what's the other store? What's, what's, there's another new store there. Uh, it's like so a, that it's like a yuppie, uh, Aero Pastel or something. Oh, no, 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 yeah, urban, yeah, out- yeah. urban Outfitters. So, yes, there you yeah. go. Sorry. Show you, showing my age right now. <laughs> um, so it's weird because I'm, I'm from that area. And to see that change as much and walking down Atlantic Avenue with a lady friend and going to dinner there all the time, we're, we're kinda, I was kind of confused. But I went there about three times. We're going to interview him. I'm really excited about Dr. Brendan because that's another thing that happened. I walked by his new location in Park Slope. And I crashed his opening party. Now, I'd like to think I crashed it, but apparently, this was an open invitation kind of thing. And everybody kind of was, was allowed to go and that lived in Park Slope. Um, really excited about that. Then we have the 86list.com. They're going to call in. We have a Ratha Khan interview. And then my cousin uh, called in and uh, was really upset about a restaurant idea we had. We'll talk about that later. But first, I wanted to introduce Jonathan. Last oh, name?
2: Oh, come on. You got to try it. Crowley? There you go. <laughs>
1: Um, Johnny, I we're we're friends, we've known each other for for a while, and I asked you, uh, you're you, uh, essentially a, a drummer, um, but you're also a pretty badass bass player, and I <laughs> confided in you to write this score for The Morning After, which was an arduous task, it, it almost felt like you were doing either Dr. Zhivago, or, I don't know, Lawrence of Arabia, I don't know which one you would correlate that to, but... Um, can you tell me a little bit about your background in music and, um, you know, elaborate from there?
2: Well, you know, like, like most people, uh, I was forced to play an instrument at an early age uh, through my school, and really? I chose... You actually
1: didn't grow up in Staten Island.
2: <laughs> I chose the saxophone, and they wouldn't let me because my brother played the saxophone, so I chose... They tried to get me into clarinet, I ended up cho- chosen, choosing the trumpet, and as uh, soon as I didn't have to play the trumpet, I stopped... And uh ultimately found my way to the drums. I always wanted to play drums and uh end up moving the, into a house of five people, and the drummer was moving out so that 's kind of where i <laughs> picked fa- up the drums de yeah. facto <laughs> drum
1: set where was that was that in uh,
2: in uh, Chevy Chase, Maryland actually okay. was the house I lived in
1: and then you sort of let's fast forward now you're in New York. You have your band now is it vignette 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 yes. and um you're you guys are just about to just, uh, some, al- drop an album. Sorry. Yeah, we're That's a hip-hop term. That's like drop. <laughs> I apologize for that. Were you guys about to, to do some more work? We're
2: going into, uh, the recording studio in December for our first full-length. We've done two EPs, but, uh, we have a new lineup, so to speak, um, and we're actually playing our first New York show in almost a year, uh, this Friday, um, at the East River Amphitheater. Cool. And, uh... Well, we it should knew, be a lot of fun.
1: Well, when we knew each other, and I, I had asked you to do it, uh, I asked you to think of the optimism of Ronald Reagan and also think about the taking a subway home um, after being completely hammered after a late night, in your mid-twenties specifically. Yeah. Um, and you came together and sort of put that thing together, and, and literally in a day— uh, what, what was the sort of the thoughts you had
2: yeah well it's funny mm-hmm. I grew up with Ronald Reagan I had Thanksgiving dinner with him one time well Actually, you're a true story
1: you, am I, can I ask you you're, you're in a political family um, can uh, I poach you off of this or do you want to talk about that at all uh, you,
2: your, your mom is or? sure okay. she's uh, a reporter for CNN Candy Crowley
1: who's highly respected and basically was one of the I would say top two or three people covering the Obama campaign and uh, you had Gergen Crowley
2: top one <laughs> 100%
1: 100% But she's She's super respected And um, so you kind of grew up In the whole beltway In that whole In that world right?
2: right Made me hate politics Exactly So that's why I chose music
1: So you knew You knew a little bit about Reagan And then yeah. So when you
2: talk about So anyway You you know You asked me I came to uh, When you announced That you had gotten this show And you said Hey I want some music for it Can you do it And of course You know That's a, that's an honor And a privilege to do it. And uh, I just had kind of been messing around on guitar and came up with this riff that um, I thought was perfect for a radio show and also kind of the morning after uh, vibe that you were going for. And uh, just... Ended up playing it on bass. Uh, I know you wanted only bass for this. and uh, I don't know so, why, because
1: I'm not a huge
2: I, bass fan. I mean, I think <laughs> of two
1: things. I think of like funk and porno when right. I think of the bass.
2: And I didn't want to tell you I was you know, uh, mainly a drummer, but I just felt I could do it myself. And if I couldn't, I had a couple of really talented bassists that could uh, back me up and do it for me. But I really wanted to write it myself, even though I had a couple of people try to get me to do go a different direction. But I was confident on that riff and i uh, i thought you really would like it and it was kind of almost waited till the last <laughs> final. <laughs> we Couple got we got it, it here
1: we got it here and once again thank you we'll talk a little bit more about vignette at the end of the show um we're gonna come back after this break and um play some me- mean messages i got from uh, a cousin morning after And we're back. Wow, that's unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Uh, that was the score for one of my favorite shows of all time, The Hills, which uh, followed around two amazing young ladies. Um, well, one the only one I really care about is uh, Lauren Conrad. I know her as Elsie. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to play. Just trying to sort of broaden, broaden the base here. Um, we're going to go into a, a few messages I got on monday so i did the show on sunday and everyone knows i'm originally from staten island and i still have a you know you might hear it if i have a couple of cocktails you can find it in my you know my delivery of speech Uh, but my cousin sal called me and we're going to listen to three messages he left me over the about 20 minute period um so let's go into the first one i i got up monday
5: what's going on jay uh sal i was just giving you a call uh I don't know. I was calling you because uh, last time we talked, we talked a lot about uh, when we were at Mikey's house, we talked about the restaurant, and uh, I don't know, man, we talked about holidays, it sounded like a good thing, and then you were going to talk to some people, or maybe put some money in, and that was about three weeks ago, I haven't heard anything, Um, but then I saw your mother the other day, and she's telling me about this show, and I don't know. You got some radio thing, and I don't know, man. Just give me a call back and, and let me know.
1: Okay, so that was you know the first... going
5: on, man? Okay, I'll talk to you later.
2: So man.
1: that's the first message I got. Now, this is my cousin's son. Now, keep in mind, he's never worked in restaurants. Now, I've been about 17 years now in this business, and he had an r- idea for a restaurant called Holiday, and the whole idea about, behind Holiday is there sort of six or seven or 15 items that they sold where, like, they had a Thanksgiving... Uh, a turkey sandwich and then they had a you know butternut squash soup uh, for Halloween or something and then uh, you know lamb for Easter lamb something like that so he's been talking to me about this he has no experience in it he sits at home I think he plays the Wii all day I don't know what he does but you know (laughs) it's family so that was at I think I don't know 6.30 on Monday now at 6.45 this second one came in
5: hey you know I just want to say one more thing and I'm done Well I'm gonna say this and you know a lot of people back home wouldn't say this to you, but I'm gonna say this to you. A lot of people think you've been being very disrespectful. And you haven't been acting like yourself, and that's not just me, that's 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 the guy, that's people in the family, and I'm not gonna say who, but we only you don't even come around. We hear about you through your mother, through your radio show, whatever. And I don't think it's a good reflection of who you are as a person, and I just think that you need to hear that. You need to know that, and I think it's bullshit. You know, everybody back here thinks you're fucking bad shit. We here, back you through your show, and that's it. Your show. I don't understand it. All right.
1: All right. So that was that was the <laughs> second one. Now you realize I that. Oh, sorry. That was see, that's a legitimate. That's on my Um That I've only done one show. And that was on the second... That was not even 24 hours after. So that was the second one I got. Um, and then about 20 minutes later, this one came in.
5: Yo, Jason, it's Sal again. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the last message, buddy. I didn't... I don't know, I'm fucked up. i just been thinking about, uh, I don't know, my own things. And uh, I don't know, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean any of that. You know I love you and I just think I've been thinking so much about the family shop, about holiday and just how good it could be. You know, any time you and I get together we have so much fun. And everybody I talk to about it thinks it's a great idea. They think they think it would be magical, you know. So I don't know, buddy. Uh, magical. I just wanna to talk to you. I miss you. Okay? And uh yeah, I'm I'm sorry again.
1: All right, well, um, you know rather than myself so- talking about my entire childhood, um, I think I just needed to play those three clips which dealt with everything Catholic guilt um, overly accentuated Italian accents threatening and then loving <laughs> two seconds later um, so <laughs> I wanted to play that because it was, it was really funny and that was out of all the responses I got from all my friends positive and negative that was the, probably the best thing and uh, thanks again for everyone for all of their um, feedback it was great um, all, so now
2: it's like Christian uh, Bale in the boxer
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't wanna know about we don't wanna know about him. But uh Jack, are we ready for uh, The Wrath of Khan? Khan! Khan! You may have whoa, you may have made a movie fifteen or twenty years ago, but that doesn't mean it's safe for a review. Stephen Kahn is armed with a Netflix queue, and in his queue today, he's reviewing a movie called Loverboy, which starred Patrick Dempsey and came out in, I think, I don't know, 86, 87. Kahn, are you there? 89,
6: 89. Oh,
1: 89. Congratulations. Almost
6: 90. You may have not thought it possible, but yes, I'm back this week with more wrath. With another '80s flick, everyone secretly loves.
1: Okay, Con, I'm giving. You, uh, I'm going to give you a minute. Get, hey, are you listening? Uh, are you I'm listening? i do
6: a quick plot and then we'll go right into it.
1: <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, you're, not, you're not listening. So, Pat do your review.
6: He plays Randy Bodick. He's a young college kid who has a lot of growing up to do. Uh, his girlfriend Jenny is tired of being tired of not being appreciated, and his dad withdraws his college fund after seeing his poor grades. So Randy decides to take a job at Senior Pizza in order to pay his way back to school to regain Jenny's love.
1: Good pizza. They doing twelve inch or eighteen inch?
6: Uh, I think it's 18-ish. Okay, good, thank you. I think all, they only do XLs there. Yeah, good, great. That's your pizza. That was... go on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously delivering pizzas isn't going to cut it, so then, by chance, Randy meets Alex, an exotic fashion store owner. who teaches him, teaches him how to treat a woman, among other things. Uh, soon enough, Randy realizes Alex has told some of her rich, lonely friends about the newfound stud, and now every time there's an order for extra anchovies, Randy knows he'll be delivering a little more than just pizza. Uh, and, uh, okay, and 200 dollars a pie, and now he's making some money. So, All right, so um, how do
1: you feel about the movie? Much, what How do you feel about this movie? Talk to me about it. Uh, I
6: think it's I mean, I think it's probably at the top of my list for guilty pleasures. Yeah, and I was thinking like this is a movie. this is a movie people hate to love. Am I right? Well, like, I, this is this is the kind of movie you flip on the channel. You know, you're with some friends. You said that last and week. And everyone's like, everyone like, says, get new material, channel, and, uh, get new material. You, yeah, said, that you said, said that last week. With and then Thirty minutes later, everyone's reciting the lines <laughs> and cracking up.
1: Con, con, can you do me a favor? Are you listening to the, the ear part of your, your phone? Your ear side of your phone? Where are you right now, first of
6: all? Yeah, I'm in my I'm in my apartment. Okay,
1: let's talk about this. Can you tell me what you? Th- all right, so that's the plot. Did you like it or did you not like? It? Would you give it three cons or four cons? Or one con or no
6: con. I would, give it, I would give it four cons on the guilty pleasure
1: scale.
6: 100%. But in terms of actually being a good movie, I would give it zero cons. Awesome. I mean, um, all
1: right, well, yeah, can like, we... Wait, you're not listening. Uh, Listen! Let's talk about two things. When you talk about the two actresses that are in this movie um, that are basically, if you think about it, sort of... Uh, or you have Carrie Fisher and, um... Well, you have
6: Carrie Fisher and you have Barbara cheers. Carrera. Who's you in Cheers to? Kirstie, Ch- Kirstie Alley, yeah. Who all, who all probably look back on this movie as, like, the darkest days of their lives. The <laughs> filming Sorry. of this movie. Besides maybe Kirstie Alley because she was all into that like really stupid, romantic 80s movie stuff.
1: Yeah. but Yeah, America, because why Why do you say that? See, what other 80s movies? The
6: movie, they at least give the movie something, you know, like, you I guess if you flip it on and you see Carrie Fisher, you're like, well, wait a second. This is Star Wars. She's smoking a cigarette with a...
1: All right, Con, you uh, need to yeah. call... Do you have an iPhone? Because you need to call Dr. Brennan, because your iPhone sucks. Um,
6: I don't have an iPhone. I don't, I don't mess with iPhones. Oh, you don't mess with iPhones. Well, I want to thank a few people. I want to thank the director oh, for somehow making us believe that you know, the nasally voiced, bony Patrick Dempsey with Peach Fuzz is desirable to older women, you know, like, he's pretty light on his feet in the movie, but he's, he's no, he's no passivating, you know what I mean?
1: Well, well, I, uh, I, I yeah. love, I love your, I love your, you're talking about this movie, but I, I'm, the show must go on, um, uh, so you, how many, oh, cons you gave zero, much more. F- no, zero cons, we're cutting you off in two seconds, you have zero cons for this, or four cons, zero, zero, zero cons. cons, all Cut right, cons. zero 100%. cons, so you can't even,
6: you can't even give me one of those,
1: Well, Stephen Kahn, thank you for calling in. Once again, that's the Wrath of Kahn. My pleasure. We're going to go into uh, a break now. We're going to come back (laughs) with uh, (laughs) Chef Brad McDonald and his sous chef, uh, Jonathan Black. Um, And we'll be back in a few minutes. I was my pack
7: along the dusty Winnemucca road. When along came a semi with a high-end canvas covered load. If you're going to win a Winnemuckamack with me you can ride And so I climbed into the cab and then I settled down inside He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand And I said, listen, I've traveled every road in this here land I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man Deserts, spare man, I breathe the mountain air man. I travel, I've had my share man, I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Barranquilla, and Padilla. I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare bare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere, I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, to Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, and Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Austin.
1: Mississippi, France, Atlanta, New York. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm going over all the cities our next guest uh, has come from. I'm going to read his bio here. Uh, Colony, a new restaurant located at the end of the new fashion row on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn has traveled and cooked around the world. He's from Mississippi, and at 21, you could find him in France, at 24 Cooking in Atlanta, 28 Cooking in Copenhagen, and now currently he's cooking in New York City. It seems permanent now. His technique and passion meshes well with the three co-owners of Colony working together in a modern restaurant climate where teamwork uh, needs to click as much as the food. They are packed every night, and I am pleased to have him and one of his sous-chefs, Jonathan Black, in studio. Chef Brad McDonald and young chef... Johnny Black, thank you for visiting us here at the morning after.
3: Hello. Thanks for for having us in.
1: Uh, uh, Real quick on my end, this place came out of nowhere. It was, uh, you know, every day there's a bunch of stuff being talked about in kitchens. I mean, whether it's music or uh, movies or restaurants, but a lot of people that I was working with were coming and talking about colony 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 and it came from a lot of different directions from four star three star um people that live in a neighborhood and i ventured there and i have to say it was phenomenal um can you just talk a little bit about the genesis of your entering into colony and um you know where you guys are at
3: uh, yeah first of all we're uh, very flattered to uh to hear the the feedback um uh, where did it start? Uh, basically, me looking for a restaurant. Um,
1: and you were upstate New York.
3: I was in upstate New York, yeah, working at uh, uh the Kittle House up there, and uh, just uh, really missed the vibe and the energy of the city. Wanted to get back. Uh, finally, just uh, made the cut, cut myself off from the Kittle House, and, and moved back and did mercenary work for a year, just sort of waiting for the right place, and uh, stumbled upon uh, this really. Beautiful restaurant on Atlantic Avenue. Um, uh, a couple of months after it had opened, uh, their chef was going to move on. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was you know it was uh, a bit you know a bit uh, serendipitous so to so to say. Um, and I think it's
1: important to note that you came after the review, um, and you brought up a good point when I was when we were talking about the idea of all that pressure that's taken off and you could just go in there and cook
3: yeah that's a i mean that's a big thing for new york restaurants you never know when you're going to get reviewed and uh, when you're going to actually be able to become uh, you know who you are sometimes you're allowed two years and 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 you can you can ease into that knowing that you're not expecting a a review but then if you know if you're a little bit higher profile then you're going to get a review like four or five six weeks right in right into your opening and uh, it was good for us because the restaurant it had a review. It had it behind it it, it. it settled a little bit and then we were just able to come in and, uh, and do what we do and that's just concentrate on cooking good food and, and trying to focus on the ingredients.
1: We mentioned a lot of cities in your, your career, um, and I know it's tough to sort of, it's like asking somebody their favorite movie, a favorite song, but is there something, a city or an area or a chef that you worked under that would really translate well to the style of food? I mean, I know there's a lot of charcuterie on there, so I don't know, maybe if that's Paris or somewhere else.
3: Yeah, I think, <clears> I think that the, you'll see different influences in different dishes, uh, which is, I think, probably very true of a lot of young chefs who have, who have been around and worked for a lot of uh, you know, a lot of higher profile chefs. Um, yeah, I think more so than anything on this menu, though, that you'll probably see, uh, uh, Jonathan Benna uh, coming from Thomas right. Keller, Thomas Keller's Per Se. Yeah, a lot. A lot of, I think, a lot of what we try to do is uh, is is held to that level that that he set inside me when I was uh, working for him at, at Per Se. Uh, a lot of the dishes, uh, I think, they mirror what, I think they mirror in in sort of a volume level what. What Jonathan taught me when I was, when I was at per se but
1: yeah it 's an interesting um, I mean when you walk down atlantic avenue it 's changed, and I, I know you sort of you were living in, in new york and i don 't know if you know the genesis of that whole block, but at a certain point in time there was antique shops and then sort of really weird like you can go buy shea butter for on sale or something like that shea butter <laughs> would be called, and then but this store was like a repeated ten times, and then you 'd have your occasional um, uh, diner that was on Atlantic. And uh, and then you guys opened up there. And I know you weren't part of that, but is there was there a philosophy in opening up a place um, on Atlantic Avenue in that area?
3: Well, I, th- I think it's um, a, a little bit of business sense, actually. You know, uh, put it where it's needed. Uh, I mean, a colony could have opened anywhere in the city. The owners uh, at Colony are... Um, yeah, they're all very well connected. They're all very well in the know, and they they definitely know how to build a good looking restaurant. So I mean, they could have done it anywhere they wanted, but they saw a need for it in Brooklyn Heights, uh, and and they brought it to Brooklyn Heights. Uh, very much like, you know, um, I mean, yeah, very much like Robertas. You know, the yeah. need, the need for it out in Bushwick, uh, it, it's there. Did you think
1: that was a uh, weird sort of um, metaphor or whatever, like, comparing you guys to uh, not in terms of food, but I feel like the I felt like the same feeling in terms of Vinegar Hill House.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think <clears> that uh, I, I mean Vinegar Hill House. I would just be completely honest with you. I had no idea where Vinegar Hill was. It's part uh, of the it's part of the until Gene, you know, put it on the map. Um, but now we all know where it is. Uh, it's this nice little neighborhood. Uh, it you know. <laughs> now it's discovered, so to say.
1: <laughs> well, sitting to your left is uh, a gentleman I worked at when I was... The man. At jo- uh, is it, do you want me to call you Johnny Black or Johnny Black? I mean, Black? Johnny
3: is
4: what I normally go by. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Black. Unless and my mom.
1: I worked with Johnny like six years ago. Uh, he was part of the opening team of Cortone, um, and he worked under Chef Paul Libra. Uh, but, uh, Brad, can you talk a little bit about uh, the rela- like? The modern relationship of chef to sous chef, because I think it's really different from even five years
3: ago. This is completely different from me. Um, mm-hmm. The modern chef these days, the modern executive chef has so many so many items on his checklist each day that, that you can't even imagine that he doesn't even <laughs> get to put his hands on product as much. Um, so – you know the sous chef these days. The sous chef is basically the chef these days because the exec chef is doing so many emails and payroll you know just a lot of a lot of BS that you have to, to do extra. I mean, there's so much extracurricular stuff. This guy is, you know, he's he's uh, he's the creative drive. He's the the, the cleanliness drive. You know, he, he's uh, he's the morale of the team. He's the entire culture of the <laughs> restaurant. The absolute entire culture of the restaurant. He embodies everything that I want him to be, and he executes it on a daily basis. And I mean that—that's that, you know, it's almost unfair to call him sous chef. He's—he's he's, he's really more chef de cuisine.
1: And also to be fair um, to all, the, you know, there's a few other sous chefs. Could you just uh, mention their names? I know they're not in studio. Uh,
3: Johnny Snacks, Mr. John Sagadraka, who uh, lives not far from here, and uh, we also just uh, rejoined up with uh, Brian Redman, uh, who was away for the summer. And uh, yeah, those are my guys.
1: Well, that's it. So, Jack, you talk a little bit about your relationship with chef or chefs and stuff and different, you know,
4: well, I, uh, dynamics. I've mm-hmm. known Brad since I first moved to New York City. He was my sous chef at Alan Delancey, and that was my first uh, Alan Del- and Delancey yeah. in Lower East Side. Okay. And I was probably about 22 years old then, and uh, <laughs> kind of an idiot um, at the time. And there's many stories that we could reflect back upon of me carrot puree. Carrot puree incidents <laughs> Of and in oven doors, Of indoors So And Brad's kind of Just been a mentor to me Throughout my career In New York City I mean I went to Corton and Berset And you know he, he would always tell me About working for Jonathan Benno Working at Berset And just kind of The mindset And the mentality That they had there And that was something That really inspired me And, uh, and now it's it, It's it's, this is my first sous chef opportunity, my first management, and it's been a total learning experience. Especially coming from these four star kitchens where you have everything you could ever imagine, <laughs> to stepping into yeah. you're in Brooklyn, you know, and you're yeah, yeah you're right. You're this is in, kids in Brooklyn are, are, are there's not the same type of people you have in, in these speaks in, in the big kitchens. So it's you learn how to work differently and you learn how to kind of relax a little bit, and that's kind of what you want to do when you come out here. You want to relax. You want to not have all the. Minutia and all the bull that you deal with on a daily basis in some of these four-star kitchens. So it's been a learning experience, but it's fun. I've grown so much in the past four months at Colony that...
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, to vouch for what you're saying is when we were doing our uh, pre-interview this week, there was a ton of... And a lot of, a lot of people don't realize this, and I think Brad brought it up in our interview about all the stuff that goes into sort of getting into... The, the plate and the fact of there was a ton of deliveries that were coming. And, you know, a lot of places, chefs won't even look. They'll ask for, like, a dishwasher or whatever and stuff. And it's all that communal thing of Brooklyn restaurants or Manhattan restaurants where the payroll, you have to keep it as tight as possible because you're paying for it in the overhead. They're signing for, you know, deliveries. And it, I don't know. I mean, it was insane. I've I seen, like, four, 40 or 50 cases. So, you know, business is good, eh? Or the uh,
3: bartender was overordering for the yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. But, uh, Let's before we go into break. I wanted to uh, you to talk about there's a new location and uh, opening up. Uh, could you just a little talk about that just a briefly?
3: Uh, yeah, we're going to open up a uh, like less than 45 seat restaurant in Dumbo. Uh, hopefully in the the middle of January. Uh, it is going to be let's say just let's just say contemporary American food with a global influence.
1: Awesome. And yeah. and you're you're a partner in this one, right?
3: Uh, yeah, I'll be or- I uh, I'll be a partner. Uh, in this restaurant with uh, with the owners of colony and uh, we're really looking forward to it it's again it's another one of these uh much needed neighborhood restaurants. Dumbo yeah. is a is a little bit um, tough place uh, to navigate. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's much in need of another space. Well, uh,
1: congratulations on that, and congr- congratulations on your new daughter. I think you just had a child. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I thank wa- you. I want to I want to take a break, and we're going to come back. We're going to call talk to Laura Words from the eighty six listcom um, Doctor Brendan's in the studio. He's going to diagnose some stuff, and that's it. Morning after.
5: All you gotta tell me now is wow wow wow
1: We're back. Um, We're back. We're going to go right into the 86list.com. Laura, are you there?
8: Yeah, hi, Jason. How are you? I
1: am very well. I'm sitting here with some uh, pretty talented people. Um, Go ahead, 86list.com. Hot job of the week.
8: All right. The hot job of the week is from Restaurant North in Armonk, New York. Um, They are a farm-driven American restaurant by a couple of people. that used to work for the Union Square Hospitality Group. Um, they're looking for a pastry chef or somebody who has a passion for pastry that 's interested in being a sous chef
1: and <clears throat> any other further further details oh, actually any other wh- there 's a lot of uh employment going on now this is a really hot time of the year uh and is that a busy place i mean i mean i 'm sure it is busy but uh, looking for people but is that uh that area i 'm not familiar with it what kind of restaurant right
8: well you know the It really is a great restaurant. Um, The two people that that, um, the two partners in the restaurant—one is a chef who's um, just actually last year won the um, was a nominee in the James Beard Rising Star Chef Um, USA—and the uh, the front of the house manager uh, has experience from Union Square Cafe and Myalino, and they just really they take their food very seriously. They do seasonal and they do local food, Um, and they're getting a lot of press. They actually. they did just receive Best New Restaurant by Westchester Magazine last year.
1: Do you, um, <clears throat> other than, uh, so if, if I go on 86list.com, I just, I would just do a basic search and I'll see, I'll see this job come up. Can I just, I mean, talk about accessibility from the person looking for a job for a couple of seconds? Or sure,
8: absolutely. Well, um, if they visit 86list.com, they can see the posting of the job right on our homepage. Uh, if they want more information if they want to send a resume they have to join and become a member of 86 list which is free and then they can send the resume directly to the restaurant
1: well thank you Laura Wirtz, 86list.com i know you're getting married next year and what's the uh, what's going on with that where are you get you get, the, you get the, the, well you, yeah, you signed you off know, on the, the space. we're,
8: we're moving we're moving. We have we have a date. We have a space. Whoa, whoa, we have a whoa, whoa! What's the
1: date? What's the date? Oh,
8: 12. Uh, oh. You know what? We're doing we're doing Earth
1: Day. We're doing Sunday, April twenty second. So, so Brooklyn. So, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, and so everything's Hello. doing well. <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, Chef Brett. And you just ate a, You're actually one of the people that recommended Colony to me originally. Uh, that you know. is
8: right. We had a love. We had an amazing dinner when we were there, and I actually had been there previously and had a great time with a friend at the bar. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. I love Colony.
3: Thank you.
1: That, that was from Chef. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Well, uh, Laura, thanks again. Um, we'll talk to you soon. See you next week. We'll check in with you. We're gonna go right into a uh, segment with uh, Dr. Brendan. Um, Dr. Brendan is somebody I. Um, I, I kind of crashed his his opening party in Park Slope. I was walking by there on a Saturday night, and I had seen this store like there just sort of over time, and it had a very crisp look to it, and then it was Dr. Brendan, and I was like, what's going on with this? It looks like, isn't it uh, well, Dr. Brendan? What's going on? And then it, it opened up, and you saw her inside. It had a very, really, like... Uh, modern sort of, look uh, looked like, an, like if you went inside an iPhone and went swimming, you would kind of look like that. And then and the next day, there was a Fiat outside with Dr. Brennan. It was really, really good just business, and not from a sense of being like obnoxious. And I, I was like, What's, what is this place about? They had a party. We crashed it. I asked who Dr. Brennan was. And I was introduced to him. Um, and he's in studio right now, uh, Doctor. Welcome.
9: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: A hundred percent. Briefly, can you tell us a little bit about how the Park Slope location came about? Because I know you have that's your third location.
9: <laughs> yeah, it is our third location. Um, so you know, we opened up our first location in the East Village, um, which has a similar demographic to Park Slope. You just you just add the add the baby <laughs> carriage in, uh, in Park Slope. Um, and so, after the East Village, we opened up uh, in Greenwich, Connecticut, um, which is interesting. It, it, it is interesting. We we went. I went to college up up there with um, uh, who, uh, the guy who's now the COO of, of my company, Travis Sluss, and he he saw uh, it as a big opportunity to open up in Greenwich, Connecticut. We both went to school at uh, SUNY Purchase. Awesome. Um, so. Uh, you know, we opened up up there, and it, and it went well, and when uh, I started to think about uh, possibilities for a third location, uh, Park Slope was was up there amongst, amongst a few other neighborhoods, um, and it was then just all about finding the, the right place for the right price, and, you know. But
1: you were bartending in Midtown, and yeah. you had, I mean, broke your phone one day, and then, uh, this is, I mean, early ages of iPhone, which is not too long ago, and fixed it and yeah. realized that hey this was pretty easy and a lot of my friends were kind of like having the same issue and you posted on sort of craigslist that's kind of how this whole genesis happened that, that's
9: over. exactly that's exactly it i um you know it, when i when i broke my iphone uh, 200 bucks was was pretty steep at the time um, you know i wouldn't want to pay that now to get my iphone fixed so um you know i started looking at my other options and um you know i've always been fairly technically savvy and i you know uh, opened it up and, and ordered the parts and, and fixed it. Uh, from there, you know, uh, with Craigslist and, um, you know, uh, promoting myself however I could business cards and word of mouth um, I just started uh, fixing tons of iPhones, you know, left and right. And, um, you know, after we got some major press, you know, the, the New York Times and yeah. CNN. Um and, you know, so many people were coming to me asking me to fix computers um, <laughs> that yeah, I, I ended up having to hire somebody like Brian, who resident, resident Brian, resident Brian, who actually is, is much more when it comes to the computer uh, side of things is much more uh, experienced than I am. Which
1: listen know? doesn't mean anything to me unless you get your cert- certification <laughs> from Doctor Brendan. You're just a <laughs> resident to me.
10: I don't want to be worked. That's resident. true. I got another year, year and a half you know. ago. <laughs>
1: uh, but you, you had brought up a a really good point about. Why the service other than being obviously more inexpensive, because like why wouldn't I just send it to Mac and you had I was listening to a clip of why the reason why, and Mac is not into
9: well you know um i I think uh, the the best way to to put that is just you know Apple is mainly in the business of selling yeah. selling products you know um, and and they do offer. Uh, a great service, um, you know, as far as uh, backing up their products. But I mean, just like anything else, if you go out and you crash your brand new car, you're not going to say, "Okay, it's it's under warranty." You know, I'll bring it right back. I mean, you know, it's they, they can't really be expected to, uh, you know, when people are, are are causing this damage to to have to you know uh, pay for it as yeah. a company. Do you um?
1: <clears throat> so I have a couple of uh, assignments I wanted to introduce you today to the to the thing, and then I'd like to you know have you in here every couple of weeks, every two weeks, uh, depending on schedules. I know you're a pretty busy guy. Um, I was traveling up to a wedding this weekend, and I don't have an iPhone. I have a CrackBerry, uh, an <laughs> um, and I hate it. Uh, this is me trying Please. to let you give me a, uh, I make me a franken iPhone. that um, iPhone. And this seems pretty obvious to a lot of people, but I was on my buddy's iPhone. I couldn't – the Flash wasn't enabled. They couldn't get Flash. Uh, is – what's – you know, what's a – can you talk a little bit about Flash and iPhones <coughs> and stuff uh, and what's that whole controversy?
9: As far as why there's not Flash on the iPhone? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's tough to say why. I think, I think um, you know, part of the reason might be political – between Apple and Adobe. But is there a, a um, way around it? Well, you know, you can you can jailbreak your iPhone, and, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, Brian might, might actually be able to, to speak more about this. I was going to say I can actually yeah. take this one.
1: Resident, right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Resident Brian. What's your last name? Viveg. Doc- oh, you know, it's it's well, you're a doctor <laughs> yet, but you know what? You're just doing the, uh, the Sunday uh, night shift right
10: now. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, there's actually um, mm. there's an article posted out a while ago by Apple actually saying exactly why they didn't have Flash on most of their devices. Uh, the reason why it actually was is because Flash was instable, uh, sorry, unstable on their platform. Awesome. So what they found out that on Macs and on small devices, when using anything that had Flash inside of it, the majority of the time that it crashed while that was running was because of the Flash player. They decided just broadband not to put Flash in there because...
1: Eventually it'll change on... Exactly.
10: Yeah. Um, there's a ton of ways around it, though. They have in Deva uh, players uh, apps that you can actually get on the iPhones, iPods, whatever that will actually play Flash through them. That lets you send your information to a remote server, kind of encode it, and then send it back to you. Or exactly like Brendan was saying, you can actually jailbreak your device to just play Flash straight off the bat. Um, I've given both a try, and what I've definitely noticed is they do crash more. But on the other hand, there's so much content that's out there that's just yeah. available on Flash. Yeah. It's worth it. So, young doctor,
1: um, <laughs> I, was just, I actually have a uh, homework assignment for you guys. I don't have it here now because I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure how you guys were getting back. I had a. I have an a uh, iMac on a Mac um, that was had fallen a bunch. Um, and there's that little, um, it looks like the almost, not the Lisa, but the one after it, the Mac 2, which is like the, the really, it's kind of blanks. And I'm okay. going to give it to you guys. And I don't care either. <laughs> you could say no. But I, I want to see if you guys can revive this thing. Um, cool. and do it on your free time or whatever but I, it's one the, the little thing flashed in the beginning and then I was so pissed off about it I threw it against the wall <laughs> you know and <clears throat> but not really that hard it was more like you know trying to prove a point to something to, to Steve Jobs or somebody um But so I'm going to give that to you guys. Um, Also, I I wanted to thank, um, you know, Dr. Brendan for for coming in today. And everyone that's listening, Dr. Brendan, you know, he's a doctor. He runs a huge practice. Some of his residents and some of his his fellows, uh, fellowship people might come in. Um, And uh, doctor, anything you wanted to uh, add before we uh, move on?
9: Uh, you know, I just wanted to thank uh, a couple of the, of the uh, guys that uh, that helped us out with the opening party in Park Slope, McClure's Pickles and... Uh, and, and the beer company, which is awesome. And Black Sparrow. Um, aside from that, you know, stop in and say hello. We're there seven days a week. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> right
1: now, uh, we're going to sort of do a couple of interviews. I wanted to talk to Johnny Crowley a little bit. Um, I know, I'm doing that on purpose. <laughs> uh, Crowley a little bit, um, and... Uh, talk about the vignettes.
2: Uh it's basically my band of of uh several years and uh, we've just been slowly crafting uh, our first full length and um you know, we're really excited and we really think we have something different and uh you know we're looking forward to sharing it with the world. Um we got some some great people behind us. Uh Ronan guitars, uh my friend John Reed is a uh, helping us out produce the album we're going into one East recording which is a
1: can i get a can I hear a track here next week is that cool? yeah or, or yeah. something older or no
2: yeah i mean we we have some 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 decent rehearsal takes that I can give you but they're they're pretty good <coughs> I mean at least uh give you a minute or two of it um,
1: thank you very much young man and um thank you for i don't know if it was me that inspired you or just for writing that score but it felt really fresh I really felt like I was kind of like just on the cusp of waking up on a Saturday morning, the morning after after It's kind of like, uh,
2: (laughs) you know, um, uh, Jerry Garcia and Robert Hunter. Robert Hunter would write something, and he'd bring it to Garcia, and Garcia would say, I just wrote something last night, too, that's perfect for this. (laughs) So it was exactly like that. You said, hey, you know, I need you to do this. And I'm like, you know, I think I got something perfect. I got an idea, and... Developed a little bit. And. Thank, thank you. And you, I'd like you to,
1: if, you know, if you're free to maybe write some more original stuff for the show. Absolutely. Um, but I want to go into um, someone who's in the studio from Makuni Wild Harvest. Cecilia is Celia Estridge. Uh, because we're in the middle of uh, Truffle. Time, white truffle season is it going on? It or there's a truffle season going on? Tell me, because I'm not in that world. I work in the 2.5. Star oh world.
11: yeah, no, not the top one percent.
8: <laughs>
11: no, um, white <clears throat> truffle season has actually started. Um, we are we're holding off at Macuni until we the season really gets completely up and running. But um, yeah, exciting beginning of the fall stuff going on with that
1: any um so santa monica is that sort of does that die off now and then no or is it keeping apples
11: yeah the opposite i mean there's lots of great local stuff going on right now apples and squash um unfortunately a lot of it got washed out by the hurricanes um east coast east coast stuff but santa monica just you know gets better and better now because as all the local stuff goes out we're going to be doing you know like a lot of heirloom leafy green varieties, a lot of heirloom citrus. Like we just started seeing um like Persian lemons again, finger oh, limes.
1: I'm a sucker for a Persian lemon. What? In <laughs> my in a uh, you know, in a gin mart in a Persian martini. anything. Um <clears throat> stop. Uh <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so uh Makuni Wild Harvest. Um any if I wanted to purchase outside of I was a new a restaurateur and I wanted to is there a wholesale number or I don't way cuz um, you guys do a very specific thing. Your email, talk to me.
11: We yeah, I mean if you're interested in receiving a list or finding out what we have going on, we um we have a website. It's uh, com, and all of the New York mm-hmm. reps numbers are listed there. You can get in touch. And um the website just has sort of a
3: chef. That's M I K U N I. Yeah. Thank you, Chef McCooney. Yeah, and,
1: and by the <laughs> not, way, not chef, the th- Scottish Chef. Version, you which sometimes yeah. gets Chef. Confusing. You use McCooney. M- M-
3: M- uh, M- M- we do. We do more and more and more and more and
1: yeah. more. Yeah, they're an amazing resource. If you, you know, they have a couple of different avenues, and the second avenue Cecilia brought to the company, which was uh, local milk, local eggs, dealing with a lot of uh, the farmers up in the Hudson Valley. On top of the fact that they're originally a Canadian company, and that's sort of their foundation and their base. Yeah, strange bedfellows, but it
9: works.
1: (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, I want to talk about your assignment. Um, Yes, I can't wait. What is it? All right. So, myself, uh, Cecilia, I know your boyfriend works in the food world. If he's free, um, and a camera crew are going to go to my sister's house in New Jersey, and we're going to teach her how to cook a. And maybe Chef Brad can come out or whatever. Or <laughs> a, make a, it a group? No, I've agreed to nothing. Do a uh, veget- vegetarian or just a sustainable style meal to a family. Now, my sister, I think she just learned like, how to make chicken parmesan. and She's from Staten Island, so just look at that. Um. So she she's cooking every night, but she I, I, she wants to broaden her horizons. So we're gonna go out there. Vegetarian gonna, though is that? The well, I just I mean I wouldn't necessarily say vegetarian, but s- sort of a healthy meal. So we're all gonna get in a car, go to Whole Foods. We're gonna tape it. Um, you're gonna cook, and then we're gonna show it on the new website, which is gonna drop uh, <laughs> <laughs> next week. I think it's next Wednesday. You are so, a gangster. Oh, forget it. Yeah. True gangster. So I wanted to thank you for coming to studio um, and greeting us today. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of Makuni that's going on right now?
11: Um, I mean, definitely stay tuned on the truffles and wild mushrooms. It's <clears throat> thick of wild mushroom season right now. So chanterelles, um, we're going to be getting a black trumpet soon. Porcini, Matsutake is oh. awesome right now. Best mushrooms ever. Awesome. So,
1: well, yeah. thank you. Well, thank you for your time. So we're going to go around the room. Uh, Johnny, what's going on with Vignette? When's your next show?
2: Uh, we're doing this, uh, this Friday, as I said, uh, 4 o'clock, East River Amphitheater. And um, got a lot of good stuff going on, some projection. Won't be available during the daytime. But open air, it's a free show. And, uh, you know, come on out. There's a lot of good bands playing, great bands playing. Uh, you know, cool. we're looking forward to it.
1: Young doctor, uh, I'm sorry, you, you know, I know you're, you're still a resident, but I still have to call you doctor. Um, can you talk plug um, you know, Dr. Brennan, the website and stuff?
10: Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. DrBrendan.com on there has the information for all three of our stores. Basically, uh, we're open between the three stores every single day. Uh, almost every repair on small devices we do on the spot for you in under half an hour. So if you guys ever have an issue, come in, stop on, drop it off,
3: grab some lunch, and we'll fix it for you. Thank you,
1: sir. Chef? Brad McDonald from Colony
3: Um, uh, just a shout out to Tamara Elise and Emily Uh, thank you for opening Colony it's such a great restaurant and uh, looking forward to the next venture in Dumbo uh, as yet as yet unnamed thank you all I'm Jason Colucci this is the morning after we're wrapping up here on our second
1: show uh, we'll talk next week I have author Schwartz coming on the show uh, a radio host and also an author and uh, a couple other people uh, the morning after thanks again ciao
0: The Heritage Meat Shop has just opened in the Essex Street Market. Open from 9 to 7 Monday through Saturday and 10 to 6 on Sundays, the Heritage Meat Shop supports independent family farms and animal welfare approved and certified humane raising standards. Most importantly, they offer a wide variety of heritage breeds. So stop by, get a sandwich, try the charcuterie. The Heritage Meat Shop at the Essex Street Market.